So I'm reading out of Matthew, the first chapter, and I will be reading just a few different verses, beginning with verse number one, and then I will jump down to verse number 16 and 17. But let's start with Matthew 1, 1. The Bible says, the book of the generation of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham, following Verse 1, from verse 2 all the way through 15, you read the generation of Jesus Christ. You, you read the lintage of our Savior. When you get to verse number 16, it says, And Jacob begat Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who is called Christ. So all the generations... From Abraham to David are 14 generations. And from David until the carrying away into Babylon are 14 generations. And from the carrying away into Babylon unto Christ are 14 generations. The scripture is very specific about where Jesus came from. The generations of Jesus Christ. In fact, Matthew started his book by saying that this book, the book of Matthew that we call it today, this gospel is about the generations of Jesus Christ. Matthew was speaking to the Jewish mind of the day. And he wanted them to know in particular, where Jesus came from and how Jesus was specifically tied to them. That this was not someone coming out of left field. This was not someone just showing up with no history, with no lintage. He wanted the Jews to know That Jesus was legitimate. No matter what the circumstance looked like. No matter what the conversation of the day was. No matter what the opinion of the onlooker was. Matthew was establishing that Jesus was not an accident. That, That Jesus was... In the long line, bloodline, if you will, and lineage of the Jewish people. And he starts the book by saying, this is the generation of Jesus Christ. The son of David. Now, travel with me for a moment here. And if you can, put your mind in the mind of those who were hearing the words of Matthew. Saying that... This is the book of the generations of Jesus Christ. He is the son of David. He is the son of Abraham. When people were trying to figure this out, who is he? Where did he come from? Is there any truth in the story? How should I view this? Do we accept him? Do we reject him? How are we supposed to look at this? Matthew said he is the son of David. He wanted them to know Jesus was the son of David, their greatest king, 
that ever reigned. He wanted them to know not only was He the son of David, but He was the son of Abraham, the father of the faithful. Abraham, the father, if you will, of their entire people. And then he went on to explain those generations. I want to talk to you for a little while today from this thought. Making the best of an exceptional situation. Making the best of an exceptional situation. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you for standing. After you travel through the details of the generations of Jesus, come to verse 16 and he's wrapping it up here. He said, And Jacob begat Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus. Now, there's, there's so much about this story that I would like to talk about, but I know we don't have the time to cover it all. But, but let me just, for a moment, give you a thought to consider when you leave. So much is said about Joseph not being the husband of Mary. So much in our world and much that comes from pulpits in the world today has to do with the fact that Mary was only a spouse to Joseph. That they had yet to come together in the union of marriage. And that, that point, that perspective is oftentimes brought to light more than any, any other part of the story. But I've, I found this statement interesting when Matthew said that Jacob begot Joseph, the husband of Mary. Before he explained the circumstance, before he went into the details of the story, before he unpacked it all for people to see and understand, he, he declared it. He drew the line in the sand. He, he laid it deep by saying, Joseph was the husband of Mary. And then it says, Mary of whom was born Jesus, who is called Christ. So all the generations from Abraham to David are 14 generations. And from David unto the carrying away into Babylon are 14 generations. And from the carrying away into Babylon unto Christ are 14 generations, 42 or so. Verse 16 says, Mary of whom was born Jesus. Now, without knowledge of the complete story, this, this would sound uneventful. If you just read the first 16 verses or so of Matthew, it would sound uneventful. Jesus came from a long line of Jewish individuals going back 42 or so generations. Just one family to another. And the Bible said 
Jacob begot Joseph. He was the husband of Mary. And Mary, that was the one of whom Jesus was born. It doesn't sound eventful at all. Same, same story, same song, same dance. Everything is just the same. One generation to the next. Come finally to a generation where Joseph and Mary are husband and wife. They're married. They have their first child. And their first child happens to be Jesus. Enough said. And that's, that's how Matthew leaves it in the first 17 verses. But you and I know the story a little bit better than what he is explaining right here because it wasn't quite as uneventful as it sounds. This generation had that generation and that generation had the next generation in there and then 42 generations later, Jesus is born of Mary and her husband Joseph. Great story. Now let's go on with life. It sounds uneventful, but nothing could be farther from the truth than looking at this thinking, eh, there's not much, there's not much to be said or discussed or, or revealed, understood here. There wasn't anything easy. There wasn't anything easy about the situation involving the birth of Jesus Christ. Matthew made it sound easy in the first 17 verses, but there wasn't anything easy about this story. There wasn't one thing about the story that you could just look at and say, oh, no big deal, go on with life. Not one thing in the entire story. But there is a part of this, a specific part of this, that I want to talk about today. Now, I'm turning to Luke, the second chapter, and we're going to read from Luke 2, verse number 1, several verses here just to get an understanding of one part of this story. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree, Luke 2, verse 1, a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Serenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, everyone into his own city. And Joseph, who was the husband of Mary, that had a very uneventful life, <laughs> Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea under the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David. So you can see how the, the stories intertwine here. Matthew said, remember, I'm going to write a book. Everybody get clear on this. It's about the generations of Jesus Christ who was the son of David and the son of Abraham. Now Luke, another gospel writer, comes back and he says to us that uh, Joseph traveled to the city of Bethlehem. He went there because it was his city. It was of his house. It was in his Lintage. So he had to travel there to pay taxes with his family. 
because he was of the house and lineage of David. To be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. Now, I've never had a child, but I've watched my wife have three. (laughs) And I think I know when the word great applies to those that are about to give birth to a child. (laughs) Great is when you stop answering the question, how do I look? Do you think I've gained any more weight? Are my ankles swollen? (laughs) Am I walking funny? I can't get comfortable. Will you scoot over? I think I know when great begins to apply. (laughs) It's somewhere in that last six weeks. Somewhere in the last six weeks. Now, give or take a few days. The last six weeks, at least from an outsider, seem to be the most uncomfortable, the most agitating, the the, the time when you're like, I don't care if this is a 15-pound baby. Let's have this thing. You know, the first several months, six, eight months or so, you're like, I'm not really sure. I just don't know if I'm ready. By that last four to six weeks, you're like, yes, I I don't care who delivers it, where it's at, when it takes place, morning, noon, or night. Just give me more ice cream, Italian food, and pickles, and let's have this thing. It's it's great, (laughs) you know. (laughs) Just everything, everything is uncomfortable. Everybody is uncomfortable. Every conversation gets on your nerves. I know because my wife told me I got on her nerves quite a bit. (laughs) You just don't understand. I I agree, but you don't have to be mad at me. Talk to God about it. I, I didn't set all of this up. Great. I, I want you to get the picture. Luke said, they go on their journey to be taxed. Now, how many loves tax season? You know, tax season minus pregnancy is still not fun. I mean, just tax season in general. Oh, April's coming. Oh, the 16th is. Got everybody for weeks ahead. They're dreading tax season. I got to go. I got to go to HR. I've got to fill this out. Who am I going to get a tax? Well, I owe this. I don't know why. Well, I thought I didn't have. Didn't we have a deduction? Just think about it. They were going there. It wasn't Disney World. They were not going to the beach to hang out for a few days before she had the baby. They were going to be taxed, taxed in a way that they were not expecting, taxed in a way that they were not prepared for, taxed in a way that they were agitated about. More tax, it's being raised. I have to do this? Where are we going to come up with the money? What... What are we going to cut out of our lives? The budget is already tight enough. We're about to have a child and now all of a sudden I can't put the addition on the house. I can't buy the child what it needs. We're going to depend on family to bring us diapers. What what are we doing? Imagine where they were, okay? 
not the other part of the story that you always hear about. Just, just this one little part, okay? That's all I'm talking about today. There wasn't anything easy about this event. Although Matthew said, not a big deal. This is where he came from. Great guy. Son of David, son of Abraham, generation, 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 husband Joseph, wife Mary, mother of Jesus. Woo, this is great. Really wasn't that easy. This one part. I gotta go with you, Joseph. Do you see? I can't even breathe right now. I mean, My clothes that fit last week don't fit this week. We're going there to pay taxes? At least we could have gone on a vacation. Maybe you could have planned to stop on the way. Isn't there somewhere we could have hung out a day or two to make us feel better about this? Imagine where they were just like you and I. Don't, don't think that they were different from us. They were just like you and I. More taxes, unexpected taxes, a trip that we don't want to take, go there to pay taxes. We don't even have any reservations. You know what, Joseph? I think we ought to create an app. <laughs> Maybe we should come up with something that you can book your hotels ahead of time. <laughs> There's no pre-planning in this. They have no idea. All they know is where they're going. They don't know where they're going to stay. They don't know how long it's going to take to get there because of the shape that she was in. How long they would be there. What they were going to eat when they got there. Would there be anything open? Would there be a place for them? And they're going because of taxes. There was stress in their life. And then on top of that, the Bible said that she was great with child. She was within the last few days or so. You know, when doctors say to all of you 2017 moms, you need to just lay around for the next six or eight months. Would be better for you and the child. She's getting on the back of a donkey and riding down a rough road with only a few days left. Great! I mean, so politically correct in the text. None of those other words we used to use. None of those words about really what... The Bible just said she was great with child. You, that, you know, that's diplomatic. That's, that's diplomatic phrasing. She was huge. She, she was miserable. Everybody in her life was miserable. She was making everyone miserable. She had to go to the bathroom every six steps. At least you that have been pregnant understand what I'm talking about. My bladder's being smushed. How big is this child? I can't breathe. There's a heel in my rib cage. I heard that from Lisa for a month. There, her heel is right here. There's a heel. Can you feel that? I'm like, oh, I, I believe you. Yeah, it's there. There's a heel in your rib cage. 
Mary was going through all of that. And he said, we're going to Bethlehem. We're doing what? Are you kidding me? How are we going to? Great with child. Nothing easy about it. And think of this. Oh, this is big, so hold on. It wasn't even her decision in the first place. Her life was, in the view of some people, inconvenienced without ever asking her approval. Angel didn't come down and say, hey, let's talk, Mary. What would you think about having a baby in a few months? Would you like to be a part of that process? We're in the weeding out process. You have an application. We're picking out a lot of young women in, in the area here and think you might be a good candidate for to be the mother of Jesus Christ. How, how about that? The Messiah. That sound good to you? Let, what, are, what are your credentials? What, what are your background? Where, where did you study? Who trained? How many little wonderful angels do you have running around in, in your yard right now? Oh, oh, excuse me, you're 14? My bad, huh? my bad. You probably don't want to sign up for this, do you? Nobody asked her her opinion. Nobody said, you want to line up and do this? You want to jump on board of this? God literally shows up in her life without asking her permission. And once the plan is laid out and the decision is made, she says to the angel, all right, be it unto me as you have said. Not wait a minute, I don't know what my parents are going to think. I can't even finish school. What are we going to do here? I, I'm not even married to Joseph yet. We don't even... None of that. Okay, so now she's going to be taxed. She's riding on the back of a beast for days. She's uncomfortable. She's, I just need to be close to my doctor. God bless you. I just need to be where I'm comfortable. Please put yourself in her shoes for a moment. I just need to be in my environment where everything is good and right and perfect and I have it set up and there's the nursery and we're going there at that time and they're going to take care of that. I'm going to be there this amount of days and I'm going to be able to eat that and they're going to put me in my own private room. We're going to... No, no, that wasn't her story. Her story was, go pay your taxes. And so <laughs> she heads with her husband to do something that they had no real desire to do, but had no choice in the matter. And so the Bible said she's great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. They get there, and you guessed it, she didn't have time to get home to have her baby in her perfect and planned out and great environment her life 
was upside down. Come on, women, put yourself in her position for a moment. How much stress would you be under as a young teen girl carrying a baby that you never even met the father of? And you've come under attack for months because of what was going on in your life. Now you're drugged down the road to pay crazy taxes that that you should have never had to pay in the first place all because your espoused husband is in the lineage of David. Why couldn't he be in another lineage where we could have just stayed home and had the baby? But no, his home is there. We always got to go to his mother's house. We always got to be there with his family for the holidays. Come on, don't think they were any different. Don't think that she didn't have the conversation. Why were you born in this house? Why is your name Joseph? Why are you the city of David? Why didn't I pick somebody else? Your family drives me. I love them though. I love them. I love them. I just, I love... Come on, think about it for a moment. Don't just read the Bible like it's some fairy tale that there's no reality attached to it. I'm just helping you see the reality. Taxes, his it's always your family, your city. We're always making allowances. Don't think she wasn't saved. And don't think he wasn't, I know, I know, that's always my family. Your family's perfect. Yeah, I know, I know. (laughs) What was happening? And they get there, and would you believe it? She has the baby! (laughs) It's accomplished. She's delivered. She brought forth forth her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. They didn't make their reservations. (laughs) Can you imagine that conversation? You mean you drug me all the way here to Bethlehem and you didn't send a honing pigeon? You didn't send a smoke signal? You didn't get a tin can with a string and let anybody know that we're coming? Nothing? I've got to have this baby in a stable? That's their life. And remember, Matthew said it was kind of uneventful. (laughs) Yeah, she had a husband. He was Joseph. He's in this long lineage. And she had a baby. Yay! Men sometimes leave. Can you imagine if the gospel writers maybe were female? (laughs) Tina, you know, I mean, they would give. I've got three daughters and a wife, four women in my house, and one ally, poor little McCoy. I hear so many details about stuff that I could care less about. I I hear so many conversations about, and I'm constantly saying, just what's the point? Can can we just hurry along to the, whatever the the point at the end of this conversation is? Because it's just talk about this and that, and I'm like, oh my Lord, give me a moment. Matthew said, no big deal. Her husband was Joseph. She had a baby. Yay! <laughs> if Matthew's wife would have wrote the book, 
Man, we'd have a... What are those old novels called? Yeah, I know in my mind I'm waiting for you to respond. You remember they used to be in the grocery store right by... They still have them? What are they called? Har, har, har. There we go! Yes! Yes! You win. I mean, it would be like a romance novel. They fell in love. She was expecting before they fell in love. But that makes it a better story. And for nine months, they took exotic vacations. They went and met family. They had a similar story, but they were much older. Babies jumped within their womb. Conversation. Can you imagine how all the details? Matthew, ah, no, yeah. She had a baby. She was, she was a mother of, of Jesus. And now, now Luke is saying, okay, this is what happened. There was no room for them. Nothing easy about the story. Now, the exceptional part of this is that she was carrying the Messiah. The exceptional part of the story is the incarnation. God, God Himself, putting on a fleshly robe. And coming to live among us. And and she is the vehicle. She is the one going to introduce the greatest gift that the world has ever known. She is going to be the one that we'll always look back to in in, in, with a certain amount of reverence and appreciation. Mary, the mother of Jesus. There was nothing easy about her story. And there, the Bible said, she brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, laid him in the manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now, let me, let, me, let me hit a couple more highlights here. She was young. She was only espoused. It was confusing for everybody involved. Joseph, her espoused, had to be convinced this was real. I mean, he had to have heavenly revelation in his life. It had to be something divine for him to be convinced this was real. People thought things. People said things. It was hurtful for them. It, 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 it degraded them in the eyes of many people. Mary had to leave for a while. Things only died down for a short time. Just just the time being until she showed up. She had to come home. She had to face judgment. She had to face ridicule. She had to face all the unnecessary chatter. She had to walk through embarrassment. And it was was an exceptional thing. It was a blessed thing to be chosen. But it was also challenging to stand through the storm of nine or ten months. It was, it was exceptional to be challenged, to be chosen, but it was a challenge to ride it out. And, and I just want to say that nothing has changed today. It's the same story. 
It's a blessing to be chosen, but it's a challenge to weather the storm. It's exceptional to be a part of the story, but it's hard to endure to the end. Uh, I hope you're hearing me. At, at, the, at, at, at the moment divine things begin to happen in your life, people will not understand it. At the moment God chooses you and things begin to happen in your life, people will not understand it. Some will even come out against you. People that are the closest to you. People that should be supporting this. People that should be there to encourage will only attack what's going on in your life. Don't think it will be a whole lot different for you than what it was for her. It happened that way. So the months leading up to her delivery were full of ups and downs, but it appears that none of those things discouraged Mary. I want to talk to you for a few moments here and say she had months of challenge, months of attack, months of misunderstanding, months of confusion, but she refused to let any of those things stop her from going forward into the promise that God had for her. I want you to know that when you come to God and God begins to do things in your life through this season of celebrating remember this that at the moment you start moving in the direction that God wants you to go there will be challenges and there will be setbacks and there will be opposing opinions and there will be attack but you have to make your mind up like this young teen girl did that it doesn't matter what I have to go through it doesn't matter what I have to face there is a promise that is resident inside of me that I refuse to do anything but carry to the destination that he wants me to carry it to so just when you think life can't be any more difficult it does it gets more difficult here's here's what I want to say It's at the end of her pregnancy. She's doing everything she can to weather the storm. And the end is in sight. She probably had Braxton hit. I mean, she she probably said, oh, that's it. Oh, this, no, not it. A few more days. Oh, oh, I've been waiting on this. Oh, Joseph, I can't. Hey, we're going to have to take a trip. What? When, when you think life can't get any more difficult, somebody will say, you're going to have to go pay your taxes and it's from your family's home. And you're going to have to take an uncomfortable trip to a place you don't want to go. And you've already been through all of this stuff. It just seems like you'd get a free pass this time. It just seems like when you look back over all the challenges that you've been through, that if anybody was going to get a break, it'd be you and your family and your life. But we're the ones that are having to go through it again during Christmas. We're the ones that are having to deal with the family situation again. We're the ones that are looking at the end of the year saying, I don't know how we're going to make... Listen, when you think it can't be any more challenging, it can get more challenging. Just ask this... Great with child, sweetheart of a mother, Mary. (laughs) But here's what she did. She made the best. 
she made the best out of an exceptional situation. She could have said, Joseph, listen, I put up with enough. I'm staying right here. You go pay them. I'll be here when you get back. She could have dug her heels in the ground, had a brawl, and said, no, I'm not doing it. I don't know what you're thinking. I don't care who Caesar. Listen, when women are expecting and they get to that place, they don't care who Caesar Augusta is. Bring the president of the United States up in here and I will tell. My friends say, man, I never knew my wife had all that in her until she got that. And the thing she said and the way, yeah, yeah. That Imagine Mary saying, who, who does Caesar Augusta think who, who he is? taxing me when I'm about to have a baby. I'm not traveling anywhere. He can pay my taxes for me. She didn't do any of that. She didn't do it. She just made the best of an exceptional situation. What should I expect? (laughs) Hadn't been easy thus far. Why should I ever think it's going to be easy from here on out? Have a baby in a stable? Bring it on. (laughs) Lay my firstborn. I know how firstborn children are. Spoil. Their moms do it. My sister's spoiled. My mom spoiled my sister. I'm not spoiled at all, but my my older sister is. You know that's not the truth. When you first have... You know how women that have mom... First... Firstborn children, moms are like crazy. Don't touch him. Don't get near him. Don't you do that. This is a child like no other. Really? We only hold him. Nobody else holds him. Our baby goes to sleep at noon and gets up at 11.30 the next day. Because he needs 23 and a half hours a day. And while he's asleep, I will nurse him six or eight of those hours. Then you have like four kids. Like, hey, who wants to come over and nurse the kid? You put it on Facebook. Anybody want to watch my kids for the next six months? Hey, we're going to leave the kids at the house. Anybody come on over and take care of them? You know how extreme this is. It was her firstborn. This is not a good environment to have a child. Jesus was born in a filthy stable. I'm just taking time to build the reality. Cows and donkeys and camels and sheep and everything they bring with them and everything they leave behind them. And your baby is right there in the middle. Why? Why? I think one of the reasons would have to be because he wanted everyone to know he can relate to wherever you are. Wherever you came from. No matter how rough your beginning was, it would be no, no, no greater than what he came into the world. 
the situation was so out of, out of control when you really think about how difficult it was and, 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 and what you and what I do with it and, and it, it really shows it really shows what we're made of. Here's, here's the end. Life may be throwing you a challenge right now. What you do with it, what I do with it, will really show what we're made of. And not only what we're made of, but also where our faith exists. Somehow, somehow, the circumstances of life, we're not going to be able to pull from her the promise that she heard when the angel showed up and said, you're going to have a, you're going to have a baby. And he's going to be special. Now, we all think our babies are special, but this one is really going to be special. He, he's going to save. He's going to be the Savior. He's the Messiah. He's going to redeem people from their sin. All of life's challenges could not rip from her the promise that what she was carrying had purpose and had destiny. And I just came today to encourage you and say, if nothing else, make the best of your exceptional situation right now. Because there is absolutely a promise attached to it. Don't quit when life gets tough. Don't fight and fuss and give up when you're right at the end of seeing your promised birth. That He is about to do something. They were demanded to travel and travel she did. They were demanded to pay taxes and pay taxes they did. They were demanded to stay in a place that was uncomfortable and that's exactly what they did. We see what they did. And my question to you today is this. What will you do when the occasion comes to quit or go on? To give up or hold on? To let God have His way or walk out on the whole situation. I pray that you will not quit. I pray that you will rise to the occasion and say, give up on God now? No. Quit in the middle of His promise? No. It's not easy. It's not fun. But I know there is a reason why all of this is happening. And I'm going to make the best of this exceptional situation. Let's stand together. If we had it our way, we'd probably go about it a lot different. <laughs> but somehow, He chose us and trusted us and had enough confidence in us that we would take the hand we're dealt and do the absolute best that we can with it. I've seen, I've seen some people make difficult situations worse. I've seen people take situations that had time limits on it and turn it into something that is ongoing. 
I mean, God, this, this, this promise had time attached to it. She wasn't going to be as some people view eternity. Not us. She wasn't going to be eternally pregnant. I mean, there's some people that teach that. There's some people sitting in places today that believe when you get to heaven, women, you're going to be eternally pregnant. How wonderful is that? doesn't sound like fun. Man, who would want to go to heaven? Her promise had some time attached to it. In nine months, you're going to be delivered. And everybody will see the proof. Okay? Why do you think she was so anxious 30 years down the road when that boy of hers was being confronted with a situation at a marriage they'd run out of wine and mom steps up and said whatever he says to do do it and he said what, what are you talking it's not my time. I, I, I'd like to think that Mary gave him a mom look and said, 30 years ago, I listened to all of their criticism. 30 years ago, I weathered the storm and attack of all of their judgment. Why don't we just show them who you really are? I've been waiting 30 years for this day. She just looked at him and said, just do it. And his first miracle. And all of that attack and all that criticism and all that difficulty that she went through lifted off of her shoulder. And the proof. This wasn't just any old baby. This wasn't just another boy. This was God Almighty robed in flesh. You might, have to, you might have to live a few days after your promise to see the fulfillment of it. But just hang on. Don't quit because things are tough. Don't quit because it hasn't happened yet. Give God an opportunity. And when He gets through, you will live in a place of victory and fulfillment and confidence and in completion like you could never live in, enjoy, or walk in without traveling that road of making the best of exceptional situations. Now I know um, we've had a lot of things go on here today. But I would be remiss if I did not give you an opportunity just to take a moment and join me in a time of prayer.